what's going on, everybody? You know what time it is. It's time for the People of Packaging Podcast. Hey! I haven't used my soundboard that gets so obnoxious in a while. Listen, I'm super stoked for this episode, but you know I got to give a shout out to my sponsors who help make all of this uh, worthwhile and help support and are always showing love. So the first is Specrite. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know about Specrite. S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T.com. Specrite is doing incredible work, not just in packaging, but throughout all of the, the specification process. But here's the deal. Extended producer responsibility is coming, and it's coming in hot. If you don't know your specs, if you don't know your data, you're going to be left behind. So go to specrite.com, connect up with the team there. The Loras and Adam and everyone over there is going to take great care of you, all right? Second, I have a brand new sponsor. Brand new sponsor alert. <laughs> oh, man. It is, uh, it's Supply Caddy. If you don't know about Supply Caddy, you are about to. They are a leading global manufacturer and supplier of packaging and disposables for the food service industry with headquarters in Miami, Florida and manufacturing facilities in North America and Europe. Both places, Supply Caddy is able to provide high-quality, affordable products for restaurants, chains, and food service brands globally. For more information, go to supplycaddy.com, S-U-P-P-L-Y-C-A-D-D-Y dot C-O-M. I'm going to tell you this. Supply Caddy, I referred them to somebody, and they came through. They came through in the clutch, so please Go support them, supplycaddy.com. They're doing great things. Okay, thanks so much for listening to me get hyped. Now let's get to this next interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. I am so happy to be joined by my friend, Paul Jenkins. Paul and I met, we met in person. First, we met on the internet, and then we met in person. This sounds like going to be some sort of dating story and that, uh we met up in chicago at pack expo we had like a packaging content creator happy hour it was lovely it was wonderful and now we are back in our separate places i believe right you're are you back home in uh in the uk yeah i live about 30 miles west of london yeah in Berkshire. is that near windsor castle it is, although the UK is so small, everywhere is near Windsor Castle. Yeah, it's about 10 miles, something like that. So um, it's in the same county. I live in the same county. So it's a, my county is a royal county, God. royal county of Berkshire, for what it's worth. By the way, for those of you who are wondering, I don't know anything about geography in the UK. Paul just mentioned it to me 30 seconds before we went live. So I wanted oh, to sound... You got away with that. I wanted to say, I know, but you know, this is, uh, it's it, like lying is one of the big 10 um and i guess i wasn't really lying it just i didn't want people to then be hitting me up like wow you know a lot about geography i know where the harry potter studio is up in watford i've been there um and i've been to heathrow numerous times and i did some sightseeing tour with a friend and a double decker bus around london and that was kind of lame i didn't really enjoy that but my uh my my bucket list is i want to go see uh, I want to go see Arsenal, Tottenham Hotspur at the Emirates. That's what I want to go do. That's my. Uh, okay. That's 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 what I want my experience to be in. Good good luck getting a ticket for that game. 
here's the thing though with resale you can always buy a ticket it's just how much you want to pay yeah <laughs> there's yeah, always exactly. tickets available it's just how expensive is it going to be the tickets are expensive anyway so that will be quite pricey but uh, yeah if you're but you pay, yeah. you can come with me we'll we'll make it we'll make a date <laughs> oh i support a smaller team uh, further west of, of those two okay well that's then i'll go to that one <laughs> Well, Paul, thanks so much for coming on um, the podcast here. We're going to have an awesome time. So for those of you who don't know, Paul Jenkins is the founder and managing director of the Pack Hub, and we're going to learn all about that. But Paul, why don't you start off with what was your origin story and your journey into and through the packaging industry? Okay, yeah. I mean, like a lot of people, I kind of fell into packaging. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't sort of my last year of school thinking packaging is the career for me. I mean, I, I had aspirations to, to, to do some sort of business office based kind of thing. And um, marketing was, was very much my, my passion in my early years. And um, I, I started off as a, as a, in brand management. So for, um, for about 18 years, I worked in sort of various um, brand management, senior brand management roles. Um, and the industry I was in really focused on, po- um, on packaging. So um, I left that business about 11 years ago, thinking that all businesses, uh, CPGs and retailers and were obsessed with, with, with packaging. And um, I don't think that's quite the case. I think, uh, unfortunately, packaging is, 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 is uh, unfortunately low down on the priority for many businesses. You don't get packaging directors reporting to the CEO, for example. But that's, I guess that's how I... I, um, I kind of fell into it. Uh, I, I wanted to do my own consultancy and, and felt that I needed to, I didn't want to be just another brand consultant. And um, I had a passion for packaging in my previous brand management roles and, and sort of evolved from there. I mean, you don't just start one day with a fully formed company. It takes time and came up with the brand name, The Pack Up. And um, it's we were an overnight success. It just took 11 years. I mean, it's yeah. just one of those, yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, 11 years is nothing in the grand scheme of eternity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's great. And so so you started the Pack Hub 11 years ago. Yeah. And and so you kind of hinted at your at your focus, but is it still, you know, brands and CPGs and helping them understand kind of looking out over the horizon on what's happening? Are you doing packaging design? Like what type of consulting yeah. and work does PackUp do? Yeah, so I, can, I can say what we're not. We're, we're, not, we're not a design business. So we, 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 we're not really interested in, in the surface look of, of packs. So there's plenty of um, design agencies and, and, and businesses that can deliver that. So we're more interested in, in the, the structure of, of, of the pack, the materials, um, how it forms, how what, the functionality. I guess that all comes together with our, um, our our main service, which is something called the Innovation Zone. So we've been um, tracking packaging innovations for the last seven years now um, and have over 7,000 packaging initiatives on, on this platform. Um, one, that is, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a revenue stream for us. So, so we have members that subscribe um, for the privilege of having access to those those innovations. But it also sort of affords me the opportunity to know one or two things about packaging and packaging trends. So by sort of all 7,000 of those innovations, I've had some sort of input. Either I've either written them in the early days or I've edited them. So I wish my memory was better, um, but I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on in my head in terms of, 
um, all the various initiatives that are worldwide. It's not just a UK thing. So um, I guess that's my sort of unique selling point is is is, is trends. Uh, and I'm not a packaging, as, a, as I've said, I'm not a packaging um, professional by, 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 you know, academically. I, I, I haven't sort of trained that way. I, I know my stuff. I can talk, um, I can talk my way through an art, uh, through, through, through a meeting about technical things, but I'm not an expert in that area. We have members of the team that can d deliver that. Where I do feel comfortable is talking about packaging and packaging trends specifically. Got it. Yeah, I, I feel really similar. Honestly, I feel like it's been for me 15 years in the in the packaging industry. And I can, I, I know the terms, I can have the conversation. But I studied business and then became a Southern Baptist minister, right? So <laughs> I didn't exactly have a career path that led into naturally into packaging. And so a lot of my learning has been, you know, through osmosis and through learning and listening and connecting with people online like yourself and really finding a lot of value in my network. And spe speaking of networks, you have a you have a pretty decent following. I, I saw on LinkedIn, you've got a you've got over 10,000 people. That's great. Has, are a lot of them also part of this the innovation zone where you have people submitting things what it talk to me yeah. about the innovation zone and how do people get involved with yeah. that that's fascinating yeah i wish we had ten thousand members of the innovation zone that would be a very different conversation but uh, <laughs> um, we have about 80 company members who and there will be various people within each organization so and they tend to be brand owners and, and retailers so um apologies you i i, I was went off on a, on a tangent then. Could you repeat what you actually yeah. asked me? <laughs> no, it's fine. So you don't have 10,000 uh, people in the innovation zone, but let's get there. Uh, but I was curious, what so what types of people or how do people get involved with the innovation zone? What is obvious? There's 7,000 packaging innovations on there. That sounds yeah. incredible. How does that happen? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know as well as me how important having a, a, a strong and uh, engaged network is. So, you know, some of our customers come about because they'll see a LinkedIn post, um, they'll see me present, uh, they'll read a blog, they'll see a newsletter, and then they're engaged enough to, to, to inquire. So that's that's quite a nice thing when that happens. You get an email saying, hi, I've heard about the Innovation Zone, tell me more. Um, and other times it's, it's, it's more of a, um, a push strategy where I'll be contacting people saying, do you know about this service? I think it will be of use to you. So... Um, it's a combination of things, but I re you know we are both of the same uh, the same view that that social media and uh, a high um, presence um, on on platforms like LinkedIn. I know that you, your home is also uh, TikTok. Um, I, I'm a viewer rather than a, a content provider on that platform. Um, but LinkedIn is hugely important to me as a business. Um, you know, over ten thousand followers connectors connections or whatever and the pack up page has also got about eleven thousand. so that's 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 hugely that's um, tremendous yeah really, really useful in terms of being able to get your message across and, and hopefully demonstrate that i i know what i'm talking about once or twice so. okay can you give me like 20 30 seconds real quickly so if you don't know this i work at this awesome company called myers m-e-y-e-r-s.com We've just gone through this great rebrand, really focusing in on the things that we are passionate about. And one of them is being able to communicate and share about sustainability in packaging. So 
I have partnered up with Rachel and Michael, and we have a free ebook for you to download. Uh, you can go to Myers.com and search for it, or if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to have a link down low in the show notes. Click it, fill in some information, and boom, you get this tremendous resource. It's a free ebook. Go check it out, Myers.com, or click the link down below. Let's get back to the interview. I'm sure. It's uh, one of my one of my favorite sayings that somebody told me was, "Make sure." that you it was I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing it was like make sure that your you know your social presence doesn't carry you someplace that your character can't hold you yeah because there are plenty of people who or your influence that's what it was make sure your influence doesn't carry you someplace your character can't hold you uh so it it would be it would be i don't want to say it would be impossible but it would be really hard in, in our industry because right now there's so many eyes on packaging yeah. To have twenty plus thousand followers between the Pack Hub and yourself on LinkedIn and be a fake, you know, you you have to be providing some level of value to that audience. And it sounds like after eleven years, you certainly have that value, and you're continuing to bring it. Yeah, you've got to you've got to be authentic. And I, I think what I learned in the early days of LinkedIn, because it is a learning experience, isn't it? Is um, it's about adding, it's about giving value. It's and it's about not selling. So you do the, you know, it's an inferred sale. So you don't say, come and buy this product now. Here's the link. We're giving 20% off by Friday until Friday. You give them some good content and they will find you. And, you know, it, it's a, um, not a slower process. It's a better process. So it's, it's um, and, and people are more likely to follow you. They're more likely to, nobody wants to connect with someone that is just going to sell them. I mean, I, I really get frustrated when I, I get a um, an out of the blue LinkedIn request uh, to 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 connect, and sometimes I look at the profile and I think mm, I'm not sure. And then I, I give them the benefit of the doubt, and then within a minute, I'm getting a sales pitch, and it's not even a, a pitch that is in any way relevant to me or my business. And I'm thinking, why do that? Why waste your time? And rather than building a relationship from that moment, it just yep. Yeah, it's an automation thing. It's a metrics thing. It's okay if you do all of this and you contact you know ten thousand people, then X amount are gonna do. It's it's a whole game that drives me crazy, and we could go down that rabbit hole, but we're not (laughs) going to. I want to stick with uh, with packaging here. So you spend your time. I like to I like to say when you wake up on Monday morning and you go to work you are primarily focused on and excited about packaging trends and innovation, right? That's what people Absolutely. are. Yeah. That's what people are coming to you for. So let's talk about that here for, for a second. When, when we look at different trends, I know that we're seeing EPR laws are changing some trends. We're seeing reuse as uh, become a trend that I, I candidly don't know how long it will last, but it's, a, it's certainly a trend to watch. Uh, we've got stuff happening in Europe. There's different things happening in the U.S. There's different things happening happening in Asia. What? Where would you want to start with that? Because there's so many trends. It's such a big topic. Yeah. yeah. That you you will you you have a job for the next hundred years if you want to. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, I think um, what is embedded in in all the, those examples you gave is is the drive for improved sustainability um and we've seen a um 
sustainability used to be a, a, a sort of a cyclical thing where it would come and go. There would be a sort of, a, you know, if you remember, um, I'm old enough to remember the sort of mid 80s when recycling became a thing and um, early 90s and you know, brands like Post-it Notes launched a, um, a recycled paper uh, post-it note pack and it was really obviously they couldn't just do a, um, a yellow post-it note they had to do it to make sure that it looked like it had been using recycled paper and, and then that trend sort of went away and then it came again and went away and about five years ago I mean I, I, I can't have this conversation without mentioning the Blue Planet 2 David Attenborough um, documentary which kind of just led to a whole sort of seismic change almost a, a sort of a, a dominoes effect where um, consumers were suddenly saying, what is going on with all this plastic going in the oceans? And it became a political thing. And um, we had a, a plastics became very demonized, particularly in Europe. Um, that is reducing a little bit. And it's more more about a focus on sort of carbon footprint reductions as it should be. And so we had some some, some brand owners and retailers making some pretty dodgy decisions a few years ago to, to get rid of plastic because that's what consumers wanted without considering the other factors you know that would um deem that a good sustainability decision so my, my first point and it's a long one is that it's all about sustainability you know all the trend really um we, we we're tracking a uh, you know a thousand innovations 1200 innovations uh, a year and 800 900 are really you know the primary motivation for that initiative is is something to do with the environment whether it's recycled content reusable um compostable or biodegradable packaging they're, they're all motivated by doing by, by these companies improving or taking their game forward in terms of the environment yeah i and i i think i'm pretty sure i've mentioned this on on this podcast but when you break down the word sustainability it's it's is it your ability to sustain and so i i say everything every business decision is a sustainability decision it's just what are you trying to sustain? So we traditionally speak about sustainability when it comes to environmental metrics. We want to sustain the life of the earth. We want to sustain human existence. And and packaging has a role to play in that for sure. And But you also, in, in order to do that, you have to also be able to sustain your business. You have to be able, able to sustain your product. You have to be able to sustain paying people. Like there are economic things that are in it. So they're all sustainability driven. And you you hit it on the head with that. So many, it, it's when I got into the industry 15 years ago, it was a nice to have. It was, hey, maybe we can get a little marketing play here. Maybe we can get some more brand equity through sustainability. And now it's a must have and laws are coming into place that are some, some maybe more misguided and will have to be massaged and changed to be able to fit the actual economic environment that they're trying to squeeze themselves into. However, the laws aren't going away. I mean, it's not like we're going to, I can't see a full reversal on some of the political pressure, certainly not going to see much of a reversal on the consumer pressure on brands to have actually verifiably objectively true sustainability metrics they can be held accountable to yeah and you got another dynamic which is um another word of 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 recent times greenwashing um and 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 
sort of laws coming in to to punish uh, businesses for uh, blatantly using the environment for for marketing and commercial gains and and i i I, with doing the innovation zone, we read an awful lot of stuff, and a lot of it is basically crap. You know, <laughs> but you have to read it to find the good stuff, to find those hidden gems of, of innovations. And and I see a lot of still language, which is um, just makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. And you know, I still see things. I mean, three or four years ago, it was terrible. I mean, you still still hear things like one hundred percent sustainable. I mean, how can a pack be one hundred percent sustainable? Nice. Um, even the use, even the, and, and I tend to, I, 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 I even use this word. Even the word "hundred percent" suggests it's perfect, hundred percent recyclable. Well, it isn't hundred percent recyclable because it's not being recycled. You know, these some of these materials are only being recycled 10, 20, 30 percent. So glass maybe hundred percent recyclable in 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 America, in the US, but it, the, the, the recycling rates are really poor in the teens or whatever. So is it 100% recyclable? So there's lots of, um, I, I, and I feel uncomfortable using the words environmentally friendly, because again, that is a subjective thing. And who's to say what you're doing is environmentally friendly and, and better than the alternatives out there. So there is a, an element of subjectivity to sustainability and maybe improved LCA uh, standardizations i don't know what it is that that, that, that could sort of um, make it a little bit more of a equal, um, level playing field somehow but um yeah so the greenwashing is something that i'm, I'm quite uh, sensitive to if you like and uh, I, I certainly the, the alarm goes off when i when i see a particularly bad case it's, um, yeah, which you still see it's interesting to me and i think we I, we had this conversation i believe we did talk about this at pack expo but I've never like considered a hundred percent recyclable as as greenwashing until really right now. And it makes sense what you're saying because there's the chemical reality of is this particular aluminum can or or corrugated box? We'll use two things that are widely accepted. Yeah. Is it? as constructed a hundred percent able to be recycled and is there a well ju we'll just start there right is that true yes but in you know like tom zaki talked about this in in his his book that so are baby diapers used baby diapers are a hundred percent able to be recycled yeah yeah. But are you going to say yeah. that your baby diapers are 100% recyclable? Of course not, because who? Yeah. there's not a lot of value. So it's such a fascinating concept and, and one that I hadn't even considered that even with corrugate, even with aluminum, there's not a 100% recycle rate. Yeah, and you get brands still talking about being 100% recyclable or recyclable. And in the UK... You you got the the, the 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 soft films now that you can take to in store uh, the big, big supermarkets and and they will deal with that material. It's not curbside recyclable. The vast majority of people just don't bother. They just straight in the in the bin in the trash yeah. can. Um, and I, I I saw a presentation from Tesco a few months ago and they said they they think they get about six or seven percent of that type of plastic back. So the numbers are really low, but brands are still saying it's it's recyclable and 
maybe it's a bit of maybe it's a bit pedantic but it but it, you know you can't really hand a heart say that i have just over the christmas period i i am i had a um a granola cereal pack and it talked about being um they took the, the launch of their eco pack and it was a a multi-material i think plastic pouch stand-up pouch and i'm looking at it i'm thinking what is it it about this pouch that is an eco pack. So I actually wrote to the. They were a small company. And I actually wrote to them, and they they he replied back over the over the Christmas period, really proud of, of the achievement. It was basically it was you know you can recycle it if you could be bothered in 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 um, in store uh, collection schemes. So like a lot of packs, so they were implying it was somehow different. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know. I just just think that, that, that there needs to be I don't want more regulation but I just think that we, we there are to come up with an eco pack claim I was expecting something a bit more dramatic and groundbreaking yeah. Than that. <laughs> yeah for sure and you know a lot of that this has been my experience in just talking with brand owners talking with packaging people uh, I've said this before I'll say it again I have a really hard time trusting any packaging company who the only sustainable quote unquote solution is the thing that they have to sell. If that's all they want to talk about, then they're not being realistic because there's a problem with everything. And so, but what happens is the brand owners who don't eat, sleep and breathe packaging, they have all sorts of things they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out how do I get people to work here? How do I get my distribution done? How do I, what's my Snapchat and Instagram strategy? Or I don't know if it's a Snapchat, what, whatever. Like they have a myriad of different problems they're trying to solve. And with packaging, when they have their, their trusted packaging partner and they say, yeah, this is our, here is our ecofilm. And they're like, awesome. What does that mean? Our ecofilm means that it's made from a monomaterial and, and even the zippers monomaterial. And that means that you can, it can be recycled at a store drop-off. Cool. And this is your ecofilm. Yeah. Can I put that on there? Of course you can. Great. Designer. Here you go. Boom. Yeah. We have our ecofilm. And all that's happened is just marketing. That's it. It's yeah. just, and, but it's, but it's not actually contributing to, to help people understand that there is value in the monomaterial, but but put what it actually is, put what you have to do. Don't call mm -hmm. it eco-material, don't call it sustainable, yeah. whatever it is. Like just be clear and then people will do it. If you're unclear, people are just gonna either worse, they're gonna put it in the recycle bin. They're gonna go eco-material, awesome, recycle curbside recycle bin. Well, that's just gonna go to the landfill. Um middle is they'll go, I don't know what to do with this, and I don't care about the environment, they'll put it in the landfill. And then best case is they'll do what you did. They'll reach out to them. They'll go, oh, this is what it is. And they'll go take it to the store. But man, I get so hot and bothered about that stuff. It, it, it really drives, because I'm a packaging professional and I just, I want people to know what they're doing. I want people to be very clear with, with what it is that they are putting their name on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's great, man. I was a little bit of a rant. I apologize. I'm going you on your page. <laughs> Well, Paul, we're uh, we're here at uh, close to the 25 minute mark and we have a hundred other things to talk about. We're definitely going to have an episode two. the 20. I, I, I hope that I can pull this off in 2024. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I want to do 
two special trips. I want to take one to the UK because I've had so many guests on from the UK and just have like a round table discussion where we set up a mic or a couple of them and we just we all grab pints or whatever it is that we want to have and we just talk about packaging and we just record the conversation. Yeah. I think it would be lovely. And then uh and then also into uh down into Israel. I've had a lot of folks on from Israel as well. So hopefully, fingers crossed, God willing that can happen and, and we can continue this conversation. Um but I want I want to give you an opportunity to talk about how people can not only get in touch with you obviously through LinkedIn, but what types of companies, brands, individuals, who comes to the innovation zone to be a paid subscriber and why should they yeah. do that? You can give a little okay. pitch here. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I think understanding the latest packaging innovations is relevant to anyone in, in packaging. Um, the reality is we, our main customers are, are big and small brand owners. Um, so the likes of Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, Danone, Kraft Heinz, people like that, uh, retailers. Um, so we've got a number of retailers on board and the biggest and bigger um, packaging suppliers are, are also uh, customers. So and, and, and even smaller businesses that um, want to keep up to speed because you've only got to you've only got to see one initiative that takes you down the, the right track. That, you know, it would pay for the membership 10 times over. So um I just think it's a, I feel like I'm, I need to do a, a, a marketing campaign based on sort of fear of missing out, you know, something around the lines of your competitors are looking at what's going on. Why aren't you, um, you need, you know, how can you do your job without, it sounds quite passive aggressive and you know, how can you do your job without knowing what's going on kind of thing. But I haven't quite landed on, on getting that messaging quite right. But I think there's, there's something in that. that I've got um, some ideas for you. <laughs> Excellent. That'll be great. Well, everyone go check out the Pack Hub um, uh, website, Paul, would be the Pack Hub dot. Yeah. The Pack Hub dot com. All right. The Pack Hub, T-H-E-P-A-C-K-H-U-B dot com. If you're riding in your car, if you're out for a run, if you're on your bike, if you're doing something productive and you're like, I didn't catch that. As always, I've got you. Just click the link in the show notes and it'll take you to Paul's LinkedIn page, the Pack Hub LinkedIn page, the Pack Hub dot com. And you can go check out what they are doing there. Paul, I really appreciate you coming on here. I, I believe firmly that this will be the first of, of many conversations either here or we got to get you on the, the packaging today show with myself and Avelio and Corey would be, would be, uh, what would you, would I say that would be brilliant? Is that a, that is a very British, uh, well, good. You might say, I don't know. There's lots of British things you could say, but yeah, brilliant is. Yeah. Okay. It'll be brilliant. Uh, it'll be it'll be brilliant. We'll speak of aluminium and compostable. Um, compostable. We've got That's... fiber and mold differently. Uh, oh, well. you yes, the OU Color. throws me off. And then you yeah. also said cyclical, and I was like, uh, oh, that, that was just a, that was just me getting my words wrong. I, <laughs> I meant to say cyclical. <laughs> I was like, I guess I ride a bicycle. I guess it would be a cyclical. That would no. make sense, but. That's fine. Okay, we'll we'll go we'll go with uh, we'll go with cyclical. I like it. You can keep that in. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, thanks so much for coming on again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, congrats! You made it to the end of the podcast. 
If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.